Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian experience where we talk about all things Asian and not. I'm Jem. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Akina. And I've never had the sex talk with my parents. Instead, they gave me a book. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I feel like that's better than most Asian parents. And Mm -hmm. I actually don't even know if this is an Asian stereotype. Uh, Your parents like not wanting to talk Mm -hmm. about sex, but I just hear it a lot. What was the book? It's called Girls Mm. Talk. And to be fair, it is a very informative book, but obviously it didn't really go into teaching you all about consent and Mm. when it's fine to not say yes. But like learning from a book kind of made me say everything wrong because for the longest time I was saying vagina, vagina and (laughs) (laughs) penis was penis. penis. So unlike... In like year six, I remember in the playground, I was like, oh, yeah, do you know what like vagina means? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, how did you? Wait, how old were you when you got the book? Yeah, I think I was finishing up year six. Going into and year seven. And how did you unlearn vagina, vagina, what did you say? Vagina. Vagina. and penis. Who told you that? that I think was, someone just told me. Beautiful. I think I just heard it and I was like, oh. I wish I would that conversation. <laughs> that I think I learned all my, pretty much most of proper sex ed from Akina because like mm. we had a little bit at school, very minimal. It was just like, you know, the penis goes into the vagina and then yeah. also you're going to get period. And then I remember that you'd said that you'd got a book about it and I think you were telling me and Ash in one of like the sleepovers and I was like oh my god sex um and yeah I never had that conversation with my parents at all yeah. I don't think I ever officially had the talk to be honest like it was I'm pretty sure I asked a lot of questions and I was like fine mm-hmm. to ask her a lot of questions um but there was never a moment that I can remember when my mum was like okay let's sit down we're gonna discuss everything and even if we did have yeah. a talk we didn't have the talk that I think mm-hmm. people need to be having with their yeah. daughters. So today we're serving rice with a side of sexual consent. Yes, and today we have an all-female episode with our lovely Charlotte. Um, and because we will be talking about sexual consent, we just like to put out a trigger warning uh, for this episode. So if you're uncomfortable with listening to this, then it might be good to switch off now. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening if you are carrying on. So a uh, surprising amount of women and men go through experiences and it's only just... I think maybe within the last two years, I've started hearing more of them. Um, I guess because of the Me Too movement that people have felt like it's okay now to speak to their friends more about it. And it just blew my mind. I remember the more and more I heard from the women around me. But I figured we could start by just talking about our own stories. I mean, I can start anywhere that you want. The best one to talk about currently is the one that's inspired the project that we're working on. Basically, I went on a Tinder date with a boy and, well, we were meant to go to a pub and then it was raining a lot. And I was pretty much only wanting to go on this Tinder date to have sex. Like, that was my entire thing. I didn't really want anything else. So I was like, yeah, okay, but like, I want to meet him somewhere else first, make sure that there's like that vibe 
kicking off. But it was raining a lot. And then he sent me a message and he was like, oh, you could just like come over to mine or I can come over to yours. Like, obviously fine if it's too weird. And I was like, I mean, I want to have sex with him anyway. Like worst case scenario, like I just tell him to fuck off. Like all of my housemates are in, like Mm. it's fine. And then he did come around. It was awkward. We sat down, started to watch a film and like literally five minutes in, he like put his arm around me and then like started snogging me. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Let's continue. It's just going to be awkward if I don't do that. So we'll carry on. So I was like, let's let's move to the bedroom. Like, that's fine. Like, I know I'm going to have sex now. It's fine. Like, not a problem. Like, he's attractive. It's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not that fussed. That was the plan. And then we were having sex, which again was fine. You know, he was having a great time. And then just like suddenly, he just smacks me across the face. What? Right? And I was like, I'm not really sure how to react to it. Like, uh, there's like a naked stranger in my room who's just like slapped me across the face. Like a full on slap? Like, 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 I mean, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. Uh-huh. Um, but he slapped me. And I was like, I don't, before he slapped me, he like grabbed my face, like my cheeks, like up. And I was like, all right, okay. It was just, like, so confusing. I had no idea what to say. And then for the rest of the time, it, like, went so quickly. I was just thinking, like, okay, do I interrupt? Do I, am I, should I be angry? Like, was he just a little bit too excited? Like, is this the normal thing? Like, I had, like, Mm. not had sex Mm. with many people. So I was like, maybe this is just, like, how people have sex. Like, this, this might be a new thing like you don't want to come across as like a prude or anything even mm. though i told yeah. myself oh my god that word. right like i told myself multiple times before like i don't give a shit what men say i don't give a shit what men think like call me whatever you like but actually in mm. the moment all of that seemed to like vanish and i was just so fucking confused i just continued with it and let it carry on um Mm. And I came into like the living room and my housemates and they're all there like, you know, like smiling and smirking and everyone's like, oh my God, what's happening? And then I told them what happened and I was like, really weird. He like slapped me across the face and they looked really sympathetic. And I was like, I don't, why am I, okay, everyone's overreacting. I don't know why we're overreacting. Like clearly this guy's just like a bit of a weirdo. It's fine. Let's carry mm. on with my life. And it wasn't until two days later that I was like, Hill, hold on. That's not cool. That's really not Mm. cool. And I feel really weird about that. And I feel like ashamed that I didn't say anything. And I also feel like guilty and then also like on edge all the time. I don't know why. But it wasn't until way after that I realized and then started having conversations with people about it. And then everyone was reacting like, yeah, not cool, not cool. Yeah, because yeah. I remember you telling me we went for um we went for lunch, and I remember you telling me, which must have been just a few days after it happened. I don't know if you had already begun to question the okayness of what had happened, but you were definitely like talking about the situation lightly. Mm. There was a disconnect between like how serious the topic felt mm. and like how we were discussing it. Yeah. Because like, oh, you know, this thing happened, no big deal. Mm. But I think as time went on and and the project that you mentioned, which is something we started directly from this experience of yours, then I it felt like it was dawning more on you that Mm. this is like definitely not okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think it's just like a all around weird experience. And the 
point where I properly realized it was fucked up was when I was talking to someone at work and then we made the decision that like, okay, the best thing for me to do if I want to is to message him and be like, just so you know, that's not really okay. Like if you, that, and you probably weren't like meaning horrible intention or whatever it was, but not cool made me very uncomfortable. Like, don't do that again. So I like went onto Tinder to try and find our messages and he'd blocked me. And I was like, okay, okay, cool, cool. But the, the amount of time it takes always surprises me. Because like we know when we're having these conversations and it's external from us, like when it's somebody else, you kind of know straight that's away. That's not okay. That's mm. not okay yeah. that that happened to you. But when it's you and when it's when you're going through it, it's just crazy how long it takes for us to be able to defend ourselves yeah. in our own mm. minds to ourselves yeah. like not even to the person who did it to us just to ourselves i was so because like i'd had lots of experiences when i was like much younger that i didn't realize until later that were like a little bit weird but well no let's not let's call it what it is that i didn't realize was sexual assault until i was older and i was like very very certain that i was okay to have this boy around my house because i was like i'm older now like, I'm mature now. Like, mm -hmm. I've realized those things. Like, I can say fuck off. Like, I, it's absolutely, completely fine for me to say that. But until you're in the situation, you've got absolutely no idea how it feels. So, like, realizing mm -hmm. that again yourself, it's like you have to kind of admit to yourself you weren't as switched on as you thought you were. And I think that's, like, yeah. a big reason why it takes so long. Because it's like, well, no, like, it's not that doesn't happen to me. Like, I, I know it happens to lots of women, but like, I, I'm strong enough, I guess, is what we tell mm. ourselves to be like, fuck off. Um, but actually, I wasn't. But it's not actually mm. a thing about strength. It's much yeah, more confusing yeah. than that. I, th I think as well, at least for me personally, I think a lot of it was, I was always taught to blame myself if I got myself into a situation like that. Well like from every everything that's happened to me firstly like I won't I'm the same as you guys like I pretty much all of the experience that I've I have had it's taken me years to even realize that that was assault because firstly I wasn't educated I didn't know what was and what wasn't and I always just thought like everything that had happened to me I'd got myself into that situation so that couldn't have been assault because in a way like I did consent I guess mm. um mm. but I was always left with like such a strange feeling after these things happened and I, I could never explain why I was just like mm, I don't know why I feel sad about it I don't know why I feel like every time I think about it I'm gonna cry and then you kind of like push that like memory to the back of your head because like well this memory kind of makes me feel a little shit so let's just not think about it and let's just move on but then it's almost like what made me start realizing was hearing stories from other women and then realizing like my story sounds very similar and you've called yours assault so does that mean what happened to me was assault and then when you start addressing it then that's when I was like oh no and I remember just like one specific one I just broke down I think I rang Yuki and I was straight away basically, basically what happened I just um I'd literally only had my first kiss the week before this had happened with some other guy and even how that happened was a bit weird it, nothing to do with a guy but like a friend of mine like pushed my face onto his mm. so it was a bit like okay mm. what had happened with this other guy was I was out 
um, it's first year, you're always going out, having fun, it's great. And um, one of my friends was getting with this guy and then this guy had a friend and straight away the friend just kind of like came to me and was like well my friend's getting with your friend like let's get together and I was like I was just completely innocent I just didn't know what was going on I'd only ever kissed one guy a week before and so then like yeah he started getting with me and I was like okay this like this is fine like I'm not like that bothered by it kind of enjoying it I guess he's kind of good kisser um and then right in the middle of the club then he started trying to like finger me and I was like whoa Mm -hmm. mm, I'm not comfortable with this Mm -hmm. this is like in a public setting I'm not cool with it and I felt really uncomfortable I kept pushing him away and then he kept trying to like he pushed me up against a wall and he kept like he was like no no one's gonna see here and Mm -hmm. blah 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 and I was like I I don't feel good about this I really I don't want to do it um and then I did I, I walked away and it was fine and I thought I wouldn't have to deal with this guy again for the rest of the night um but then my friend decided to go back with his friend and I was getting a taxi back with her then okay let's say boy one is my friend's guy and boy two is the guy that I'd got with boy two then all of a sudden was like I'll get in the taxi with you guys like I didn't feel good about it because I didn't want to be anywhere near him but then I thought well I guess it does kind of make sense like that's his friend that's my friend he can just get out when he needs to but then he didn't get out he just he got out when we all got out to our flat um and then we all got into our flat but we were all sat in this room and then boy two was like hey why don't you give me a tour and I said oh no it's okay like I think we should all just stay here with with my friends like we're having great conversations like no no no, I'd really really appreciate a tour like I mean I really need the toilet anyway and blah 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 I was just like fine because he kept nagging and I didn't know how I'd said no already like a few times so I was like Mm. okay like maybe I'm just being rude and then when I got to like the corridor that I was on I was just like well my room's right at the end but like let's just go back to my friend's room and he was like oh no no, I'd love to see your room and I was like no let's just go back to my friend's room and then he just invited himself he just walked straight there and even though I'd said no and I remember thinking I could just go back to my friend's room but I also feel uncomfortable with this guy that I don't know in my room um so I followed and I I just stood at the door and he'd already like made himself at home he lay down on my bed and was just like yeah this is a nice room and like kind of making small talk and I was Mm -hmm. like okay cool I was like shall we just go back to like all all the other people because they're having a great time like and then he stood up and then he went up to me at the door and locked the door and I was like oh my god like I don't know what to do I don't feel comfortable I just want to get out it was crazy to me because I felt unsafe in my own room which had been my safe space Mm. all throughout uni but yeah he really made himself at home he like took off his pants I think it was just like I'm in here and I know what I want and I told him I was like I'm not having sex with you like I'm a virgin I don't want to have sex with you um he's like that's fine it's fine we don't need to have sex we can just like make each other feel good and I I didn't know what I was Mm -hmm. doing I also didn't want to be doing any of this but then I all of a sudden I just felt obligated I just said fine like just get this over and done with so then he can get out of my room so I did like I gave him a hand job and then he, he he was like I want you to like go down on me and I was like oh, I really don't want to like no go down on me and like really really insistent but at that point I, I think I was like done with his bullshit I was like I've literally done everything that I haven't wanted to do I don't want to do that at all like this is the final thing like I'm not going to and then when he finished he just like zipped up left and then I remember him like just washing his hands um and I felt really, all of a sudden I just felt this like overwhelming sense of like, I'm disgusting, I'm dirty. Like, what did Mm. I just do? Everything that I've known before this is like, everything that I've been taught is like, you shouldn't do something sexual, first of all, like with someone like you don't know. And also this was my first time of doing anything sexual. So I was like, why did I do it when I didn't really want to? 
But at the same time, I did get myself into this situation. And when I spoke to my friend after, she said nothing happened with her and that guy because she said she didn't want to do anything and he was fine with just kissing. And I remember thinking like, that makes me feel like I'm a slut then. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and also bear in mind at that point in my age, I was very like still using that word. Like right now I don't really view any woman as, oh, you're a slut or a slag. If you have multiple sexual partners, I at that time, I did. I thought like, oh, a girl who sleeps around, like she, you don't want to be a slut. Mm. And I started thinking to myself like, oh, I'm disgusting. I'm, I'm a bit of a slut. And I, I blocked that memory after that day. I, I, I didn't tell my friend what had happened. And then it wasn't until after uni that I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I feel like everything about that kind of screams assault if I didn't want to do it. And I kept saying no. And I only eventually said yes because I wanted him to stop nagging. If, if my friend had told that to me, I would have said to her, that was assault and that was not okay but for some reason because it was me I was just like oh it was my fault I let him do it I mean it definitely it definitely wasn't your fault and it's probably important for us to say out loud for the people who's been through a similar thing as you that it's never your fault when something like this happens um but I also remember you calling me about this the first time and I remember the vibe of that conversation not being like the vibe of this conversation we're having now, where I can see Charlotte's reaction and I can see my reaction. And it's clear that there's nothing light about about what we're talking about. Um, And when you first told me, it was almost like we were just catching up uh, on the week and it wasn't a big deal. But at the same time, I knew that it felt wrong. And even though though I don't think that this word was used in our initial conversation, what I should have said was that, yeah, this is assault. And and yeah, that this is an attack on you. And maybe you should report it. But I had no idea at the time that you could report something like this. Which Mm -hmm. is crazy to me, by the way, that we weren't taught any of this stuff. And it just made me think about all of the things that we weren't taught when we were younger. And I think I learned a lot just through doing the research for the project that me and Charlotte are working on. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that really stuck out to me was something called arousal non-concordance. And it sounds super scientific-y, but it's, it's really quite simple. It just means that sometimes you can get physically mm-hmm. aroused. So for example, you can get wet, but mm. it doesn't mean that you're actually aroused. That you 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 are mentally and emotionally wanting to have sex. Um and I think what that means is is that whoever you're having sex with just because you're body from what like porn teaches us just because you're wet and 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 that has taught us that you're turned on it doesn't mean you're turned on and it doesn't mean that you're ready and I think that learning that earlier on would have saved me quite a lot of the guilt and confusion that you were talking about yeah and like I think a lot of the time in first year when I was having when I was being intimate and having sex with people, I thought like, oh, it does mean because like mm-hmm. my body's telling me I want mm-hmm. it and like trust your gut. But I didn't know your body could lie yeah. mm-hmm. until I was listening to that talk. Um, and I think I'll share it in the bio because it was just like the way that she explained it made so much sense and made me start thinking about how I kind of made it seem OK in my mm-hmm. mind. Because a lot of the experiences I had through 
first year as well, I didn't tell Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you or Ash. Mm-hmm. Because I think I still also had that thought of like, I think it comes from our upbringing as Filipinos because I think Filipinos are particularly bad at the whole slut shaming thing. Yeah. And, and if you had an experience that you didn't want to have, it's definitely your fault and no one else is. Yeah. Um, so I had that upbringing, but I also had everyone around me saying like, sex is just this amazing thing and you should want mm. it. Mm. Um, and it's a good time. And I think it's just like a year after that when I had gotten with Connor and when I'd be forced to think about it because we'd have conversations about uh, our past sexual experiences mm. that I was like, I was crying, but I didn't know why I was crying. Mm-hmm. And it's tough then because like you technically did give consent. I, yeah. I definitely did give consent, but like it didn't mean I wanted it a hundred percent of the time. Mm. Yeah. I think that's something that like I is that makes something so much more confusing that people don't often speak about. Cause like, I think, um, like you can you can be a sexual woman like in our generation like that's good it's praise to be sexual like that's that's what like feminism most of the time moves towards like women enjoy sex have sex like women enjoy mm-hmm. like rough sex have rough sex that's fine yeah. and then the other thing is it's also okay to say no and know your boundaries but like you can still have yeah. sex but it's like you're torn between this thing of like you're either a slut or a prude in whichever situation you're in so when we've all been in these same situations I think the thing that we're doing in our heads where it might be like okay well I was wet so I was enjoying it is like okay well that puts me in the like I'm a sexually like explorative woman and like that's a great thing so I'm gonna like stick Mm -hmm. with that um but I think lots of people now uh kind of give like not focusing on the prude element you know that, mm. that it's it kind of fades away because everybody wants to be like mm. this sexually open woman that's mm-hmm. like saying yes or saying no like all of it's fine mm-hmm. um but mostly you kind of have to say yes um rather than this thing of like coming across as prudish um so with this guy that hit me in the face and that was the main thing that bothered me Afterwards, when I was researching it, because I mean, like, I'm I'm Zillennial, which is Gen Z Millennial for anyone that doesn't know. I was like, (laughs) oh, that's a word. It is a word. It's a word. Uh, I was like, okay, I don't have any answers for this thing that I'm feeling. So I'll Google it. Um, Googled it. And it said that 38% of women in the UK experience non-consensual choking, slapping or hair pulling during sex. And it's like, why is that such a normalized thing? 38% of women, Mm. 38% of women, why would like, Mm. and then it's tricky because you don't want to go into the realm of like shaming people that like rough sex. Like I like my hair pulled, like I'm cool with Mm -hmm. that. But like, we need to have the conversation beforehand. And like, everybody needs to be on board with it. that's the it confuses the shit out of me that someone would ever want to just hit someone across the face without Mm. telling them like what is that i don't well mm. that's that that's interesting because to us to us being raised as women 
it's confusing mm. because we're not taught the same things uh, about um, masculinity and we don't necessarily understand it. But again, it's it's all research that now I'm forced to do because of this project. Mm. Um, and there's a part of our project to, I mean, it's not, we're not trying to keep it a secret, right? Mm. Um, a part of it, it's a multimedia project and part of it is taking comments online of how men talk to each other and how men talk about sex and just breaking it down and annotating it in like a pretty way and just putting it out there so that men and women can look at the messages being put out there and try to understand why or how men come to learn that it's okay to slap someone during sex without asking. And one of the tweets, I, I fell down this rabbit hole of like, Twitter accounts that are solely meant to teach men how to seduce young women. There's one that's literally the the Twitter handle is how to seduce young women, you know? And a lot of the tweets I, I kept seeing is like, if she licks her lips, that means she wants cock, you know? And it, and saying like, if you act like you're insubordinate, that means she won't find you sexy. So you need to always assert your dominance. Mm. And it's like, this is how people learn about how to be like a masculine, attractive man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you, once I started falling down that rabbit hole, that's all I started seeing. So like men who do see that day to day, not excusing their behavior, but like, these are the messages of what it means to be like a sexy man. And so during, during sets, it feel, feels okay. It feels like of course she would want it yeah i mean the thing that uh concerns me uh which always concerns me is i was so certain that if i was ever in a situation like a situation when i was younger i would be able to say fuck off um mm-hmm. i'm like very good with telling people to fuck off like it's a thing i'm fine with it um especially if they're being like <laughs> sexist or racist like fuck off it, it just flows out of me mm-hmm. um so but the fact when I was in it I couldn't say it now I'm like okay well now now I've been in it and I realize I realize everything that was wrong and like I realize what went wrong like uh I get it now so the next time in this situation I'll say it but like I have no idea how I will react when that inevitably Mm -hmm. happens again so it's literally like this is what I'm talking about until next time like I don't know what I'm gonna do and like I think that's what most women feel like and it's that like completely yeah confusion like you Mm. don't you don't even know where you stand on it anymore like what what do you do with that and I think that's something that we're trying to explore with the project Mm. as well it's like everyone's Mm. confused we're going to be constantly confused there isn't really a solution apart from teaching men yeah mm-hmm. just teach yeah. him teach him that's the thing i i completely agree because I'd, I'd like to think that if something god forbid like that would happen to me again i'd know like just to say no and it's okay to say mm-hmm. no um but at the same time i just have this like constant fear that i'm just gonna panic in the situation again and just let it happen mm-hmm. and then go through like a series of just and like i just self-loathe like i don't even even with that guy that that had happened with when I'd realized it was assault I did more of self-loathing than I did of hating him yeah um mm-hmm. which is wrong because it wasn't 
in no way at all was it my fault but in my head it was my fault um and I think another issue actually is that when I've been like thinking about like why else was I what were the reasons that I thought I should just go along with it and one of the things that kept coming up was like I'm a very um I've taught I've been taught to be very polite my entire life Mm -hmm. like be polite be nice be a nice girl and part of that was like I didn't know how to say no I didn't know how to politely say fuck off I was just Mm like okay like it's fine um and also in my head I was always like well if a guy is showing you attention that means you're attracted like he wants you and that's a good thing and I've always had Mm -hmm. that very like toxic mindset which I'm only really working on now um through having read a lot of things is that our sole reason isn't for men it's uh, we're complete like we're individuals where we are completely independent and I really struggled with that mindset when I was younger I always thought that my life is gonna you know like I'm gonna get married I'm gonna have like a husband and so I thought oh to be like a great like girl that everyone likes and is like looks up to you need to have a boyfriend you need to be attractive to men so I used to put so much effort and always like at uni I used to put makeup on like every single day like full face like full eyeshadow Mm -hmm. everything like because I wanted to look attractive I wanted like if a guy was going to walk past me in the street I wanted him to look at me and be like oh she's hot like that kind of thing and I right now where I'm at I wear makeup for me and I don't for the most part I don't try and make myself attractive for men but I that's only happened maybe like in the past year um and I think it's really awful that it took me to like 21 to be in that mindset when girls shouldn't we society shouldn't make us women feel as though we're here as an object Mm. um actually one book that I'm reading right now which when I started reading it I started crying because it really just addressed everything that I'd been feeling um as I've been growing up is um Florence Given's new book Women Don't Owe You Pretty Mm -hmm. and I'm I mean I'm very early into it but I've been recommending it to like all my female friends because I'm just thinking that like it for me like the book kind of opens up she she has this conversation she mocks a conversation with her teenage self and what she would have said to her teenage self um and even reading that I was like oh this just mirrors completely how I felt at at like 14 15 16 Mm -hmm. um and the kind of conversation I wish someone had had with me um and yeah it just I don't know it just makes me sad whenever I, th- I think back to like my old mindset of of and I think again this sounds really bad because I, I feel like I'm again blaming myself that like oh you've been mm. taught that uh you, you need to be attractive for men um when it still it, it still doesn't give any excuse for any kind of assault but I also think that it's something that I know I need to address with myself that would help me that if I stopped thinking in that way maybe it will give me a little bit more i think it goes both ways i think you're right to to um unlearn all of those things and i get what you mean like it, it just just because you've now learned all of those things or are learning all of those things it doesn't mean um a man can't still make those decisions mm-hmm. for you and put you the, in those situations again yeah. um and it's just interesting to me this the like Charlotte, you were just talking about how you you find it quite easy to tell people to fuck off, mm. and 
I can vouch for that like you absolutely do and you're one of the most like outspoken people I know like you speak out for people around you because when I had just met you and I had a racist literally throwing slurs like full-on slurs Mm. at me and I didn't know what to say you were behind right behind me saying she's filipino because <laughs> he was like oh she's a gook or oh she's a packy and i'm like and you were very factually correct mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah you definitely are and and Jem, i knew you when you were younger and like you've changed so much since then but you're absolutely right i can also vouch for the fact that you were that good filipino girl mm-hmm. that was like yes but you know mm-hmm. All, all yeses, and I've seen how that's changed. But it's, it's interesting how two very like opposite uh, personalities can find themselves struggling to say mm-hmm. no in the sim- in the same kind of situation. Exactly. Like, I was gonna say, um, with Florence Gibbons' book, um, like I've followed her on Instagram for a while now. I think she's brilliant. Um, my housemate bought that book for me like as a surprise. I mean, <laughs> I don't really read which is like part of the issue. Um, but like I went through a couple of bits, like read blurbs, um, watched a talk with Florence Given, um, talking about her book. And for me, these are things that I felt like I learned maybe two years ago, three years ago now. Um, and like when I, when I see her work, I'm like, okay, 15 year old me, if she'd have read that, she would have fucking loved that. But now I, I don't get mm-hmm. much from it. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of like, it is definitely important that we're all like doing the learning at whatever stage we do the learning. I was just very much an angry feminist. So did it when, I mean, still am, um, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> did it on my own accord. But it still doesn't cure anything. Like mm-hmm. saying it and like, uh, but because we have known this since we were born and our mothers teach mm-hmm. it to us and our friends teach it to us. It's so much like work to have to do. And I don't actually know like the answer or the solution or how to fix it, whether mm-hmm. it's just like practicing and like until you're in a situation again and you find yourself being able to say no. Um you don't know until it's happening. That's the that's the scary thing. So I think that is mandatory yeah. reading read Florence Given's book, like, especially if you know anyone that's like 14, give it to them, make them read it. Mm-hmm. Also mandatory is everybody needs to watch I May Destroy You because fuck me. Oh my God. Oh, sweet I Lord. was waiting Have for you, you to that? say that. Oh my God, watch it right no, now. No, I haven't yet. I really need to. It's so fucking good. The way that they well, summarize it. Go, Akina. Yeah, go. We could talk about no, it. No, 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 no. Summarize it first because I was going to just dive in. Well, I was going to say like the way that they um, approach so many different topics that I have never seen approach before is incredible. They manage to make sense of this feeling that we're talking about, which is like, I'm proud of myself for being in like a very sexual situation. That's very sexually liberating. Um, But I'm also ashamed, but I'm also Mm -hmm. confused. And like, is it my fault? Is it their fault like should I even feel bad you know what let's just not focus on it like this completely confusing thing that I don't even know how to summarize in a sentence they manage to do in this series and I think work like that that can capture those thoughts and emotions and show everybody 
just how common it is and something that everyone can relate mm. to is like absolutely fucking mandatory and everyone just needs to fucking watch it it's so good it's so good no i back that up 100 watch it because it's it's incredibly realistic for the most part and you can i mean nothing is very stylistic which i mm. love um so it just puts you in those situations when you're having conversations with your friends you can feel like you've been there um even if you've if you've never had uh assault that that is similar to hers before you can feel like uh you understand the dread of telling your friends that happened or the shame as you were talking about of telling officers or, or people close to you that this happened to you and it doesn't try to it doesn't try to have any answers which i really like yeah. but what i really wanted to jump into was i think it's the most recent episode um and i don't think it's the spoiler story part mm. but if you care about spoilers on on any level then maybe you shouldn't listen um so she she gives off this this prose this really beautiful and powerful prose it's realistic for the most part, but then she breaks off into something that feels a little less realistic um and a little more yeah that's definitely a script um and it's just they're in like a support group meeting and someone gives their story and says like why was it so difficult for me to know that that wasn't okay and so the main character gives this prose which is basically saying like there is a line that some men go to where things become blurred and where there are no rules and it's not quite yet assault and it's not quite yet rape mm -hmm. but it's the line where nothing's defined and if they take you to that line then you don't know how to say no or you don't know how to say stop because there are no rules to say this is when you should say stop and there are no definitive yes this is rape no this is not rape because if it's on the line then they feel like they've outsmarted the rules and mm. they feel like they can do whatever they want and you won't have you won't have any language to be able to say stop because nothing's been created yet for that and she ends off the prose saying like well i'm gonna go to the line and i'm gonna set the laws mm. And I found that so beautiful mm. and moving. And it made me it made me feel very powerful about what the project that me and Charlotte are working on. And it's just that trying to set it's not that we're trying to set laws, it's just that we're trying to give people a language mm -hmm. of how to understand yeah. this. Yeah. Because it's such a unspoken weird it's that the fact that the line is blurred is also just fucking beautiful. But it's mm. it's literally that's that's the thing that we're trying to capture. Like it's just fucking blurry, and it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't matter how far along you are in your feminist journey. Like it, it's still fucking blurry. It's mm -hmm. always going to be blurry. Like I don't think I've met a woman that's told me about like a confusing sexual situation that's in this blurry line. That's been like, yeah, no, 100%. I did exactly what I wanted to do and felt was right to do the whole time. Like, mm. it's really fucking rare. But I do think, uh, I think the great thing right now is that there is more like media around it, more mm. like storytelling around it, more conversations around it. Because I think the more that there are, the at least for me, that's what made me start realising what was right and what was wrong and it is it's been really great to to talk about it um us girls um one thing i just wanted to ask uh, charlotte i don't know do you have any siblings 
uh, two brothers. Yes. Okay, great. So yes. my question was, have you guys, I also have a little brother. I know Kina has a little brother. Mm. Have you guys had conversations like this with them? Mm, interesting. So or will you? Uh, so... Well, your my, brothers are older, so dynamics-wise. Exactly. My brothers are older, um, so yeah. strange dynamics. Also, I should really put the time aside to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think something that scares me, that scares me about if I ever have children myself or anybody has sons or whoever it is, is or like even your fathers, whoever it is, is this trust thing. I don't necessarily trust men (laughs) at all so like for me to Mm -hmm. start to have a conversation with them or open a conversation with them and it's not just my brothers it's men in general um Mm -hmm. where I think they could potentially disagree with what I'm saying that's like that would be so much for me to hear from my own family from my Mm -hmm. own brothers and I think there is like quite a lot of potential for them to disagree with what I say and it's like you can't really disagree with my experience but it might happen and Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable to like that shouldn't be my job they should be going out of their own way and researching and googling like a good millennial and finding the answers and like watching these shows that we recommend or reading the books that we recommend um because it's it's a very difficult conversation to have and I think people should be having it if they feel comfortable to have it but like for me to talk to my brothers about it like I've had conversations with like other male friends before and I know that they're all well-intentioned and like I care about those male friends but it has like hurt me a lot and like I'm very good in a debate like I can go for hours but like it's it's like choked me up like I can't I can't keep the conversation going because like it relates so much to my experience and if someone's being there and it's like yeah but like you know like wrongly accused men get like years in prison when people Mm. lie about rape and I'm like why is what? or like yeah but what were you wearing exactly like yeah, whenever no. things like that come up and it's like well what what can we even do anymore like everything is rape and like all of these little things that people say and they often don't say it as obvious as that because people are more careful mm-hmm. now you can still get the nuances of what they're trying to say and it's like i can't talk to you yeah. like and I then can't... it's just hurtful because exactly. they, they feel like invalidated mm. mm-hmm. but yeah so i don't I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think a good, that I've spoken to my mum a lot about it. We had a conversation that was like interesting because basically mum and dad, bad divorce. Um, They don't trust each other anymore. And we were having a conversation where I was like, but do you trust your sons? Like what if they end up doing like a similar thing? Uh, like, do you trust mm-hmm. them to treat women well? Mm. And it took her a lot of thinking and it was like a couple of weeks before she replied Um, Mm. because it was on a phone call and she was like, I've been thinking about it more and more. And it's it's this thing of like, you can you can never really trust anyone as much as you know them. So if there are like men or women listening that are like, oh, yeah, all of these things are disgusting, but like I'm a good one. So it's fine. You can't even trust yourself. Like you've got no idea. One day you might be in a situation where you feel like you want to lock the door of a room on someone for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Mm. You might just 
get in the moment and feel like it's okay to slap someone. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust anyone else. But like you can certainly put things in place where you can realize when mistakes have been made and what you can do to like rectify the mistake and help everybody that was like a part of it. But that sounds quite like pessimistic and end of the world. But like that, that's. But it's really difficult not to be. Mm, Yeah. And it's really difficult as women and and when you hear about these stats of how how prevalent it is it's really difficult not to just be like i hate men and i know that you've definitely gone (laughs) through that road and everyone knows charlotte hates men you know and valid when you hear the things that charlotte's been through with men and and like the men in mansfield where she grew up i i absolutely agree charlotte you can hate men but like how (laughs) but you know you we can't we can't hate our brothers and and, uh, as much as sometimes we can try we we can't fully hate our our fathers and so we can't just go with i hate men destroy all men as much as that's like such a tempting thought (laughs) sometimes um i get i this such a good question how do we teach our brothers and how do i don't think i've ever had the conversation with my brother we've had conversations we're starting to have conversations because now that he's 18 i feel like i'm talking to an adult when i'm talking to him and it's much easier to have like a thoughtful conversation rather than like oh what did you think about spider-man you know like talking to a little boy and we've had conversations about abortion because now that he's living in texas Obviously, they're teaching him things that I don't agree with and I'm being more open. And, and um, when he was saying like, oh, no, abortion is definitely wrong. I, I told him, well, how would you feel if I told you I had one? Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how would you feel if, if I told you uh, if I asked you, do you think I'm ready to be a mom? Do you think I'm ready for all those responsibilities of taking care of another human being? And, and do you blame me for getting pregnant? And do you think that that should be my punishment? Mm-hmm. And I think it's making him making him frame it in in the way that like do i feel that my sister someone i care about deserve the things that other women are getting mm-hmm. um and i think i should now that you've posed that question i need to have that conversation with him in terms of how he is intimate with other women and making him think more about <laughs> this sounds gross but not thinking about his sister during that <laughs> but like, <laughs> But just like thinking about his sister as a woman and this woman being someone's someone that someone cares about mm-hmm. like a human being, just a human being yeah. that you should care about. Mm-hmm. I think if I were to have the conversation, I need to base it on that. Like, you know, yeah, for sure. women, as much as they're different to you and as much as you might not understand how they think they're like humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So treat them that way. What about you, Gem? Yeah. I think for definitely for me and Akina, it's definitely easy to have conversations with our brothers because they're younger. Um, I think I'd actually feel the exact same way as you, Charlotte, if my brothers were older, um, because it'd, it'd be very similar to like me having a conversation with my dad about mm. things like this. And I know that I just I could not I definitely could not have a conversation like this with my dad because I will I've had plenty of conversations with my dad on topics that we disagree about. And every time I just end up bursting in tears mm. and it's just really difficult to argue with someone who has like a different view and always almost has like an answer back to everything that you say and I don't think I could handle that um but because my younger my my brother is younger and he's turning 15 I have had conversations with him in the past um 
around like it's slowly like over the years i've just been having a little bit like here and there i've, I've not gone full-blown like this is a sold and blah 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 but i have said i had conversations with him about respect and respecting others respecting women and i said to it i i've put things in a very similar way that you said akina that i always say it that like you know you have two sisters two older sisters you have a mum. you have like you've grown up with very strong women around you and you need to remember to like respect women the same way that you would respect men um because society does often teach men to like view women not at the exact same level as women and i i can say like i at least i I don't know actually having after having this conversation i'm like starting to worry like oh do i completely trust my brother but like before this i was definitely like i completely trust that my brother would never do anything or at least i'd like to think that would put women or anyone else um in any kind of harm the way me and my mom actually had a conversation about this recently i was saying that like do you think he's gonna grow up as being a very like masculine masculine guy um because within like the filipino culture when you're a guy you're always taught like you know be a man like don't cry and that kind of thing is that that toxic masculinity is really instilled um in young boys and my mom said that i actually think that like your brother's very soft like he's very emotional he does keep a lot of it in especially because like those kind of things are said in my house that like well by my dad like you know don't cry you're a guy like man up a bit um but um and in that way i'd like to think that he's going to come out a bit more balanced i guess um and my aim is because i've spoken to my sister alex about it that we want to be having these conversations with my brother because i know my parents probably won't i've i've said that to my mom i, was, I asked her i was like are you going to have a sex chat with him and she thinks he's too young me personally i think that we need to start having these conversations um with kids from a young age normalize the topic stop making it a taboo because the mm -hmm. more of a taboo the topic is the more they're going to do some, like something stupid and not really think about their actions before doing it um and i think it's really important to understand something before really doing it um and it's i don't think there's any way to fully address and fully fully get everything through to a person because at the end of the day they have they they decide what they take in and believe mm -hmm. um but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I think it's really difficult, but I think it's it's just important to have like constant, at least with him, like to have constant conversations in an yeah. open space at all. I think also it's like start small. Um, I think like mm -hmm. people tend to like, I mean, everyone is aware of the conversation now. Like Me Too, like had a lot of impact. Like people understand for the most part, no means no. Um, mm. But you start small and you talk to him about like, microaggressions towards women like maybe he undermines a woman in the workplace and like what the knock-on effect of that is when it undermines women that actually say no in a sexual situation or mm. maybe it's just a case of his friend undermines a woman and he doesn't say anything it's all of those like tiny little things that people don't focus on that feels like we're just overreacting that end up resulting in all of these situations to keep happening i think um the other thing that worries me um is so people have these conversations with their brothers or their sons and th this thing that is effective of being like okay well what if it was me your sister in that situation in that moment it's very clear and it makes them understand like 
okay, yeah, yeah. Like if it was you, obviously, and, and you're a woman still. Yeah. But then a couple months later, it's very easy to humanize the women that are around you and in your close circles. Yeah. But like to actually like properly do that every single day and humanize everyone, which like I'm guilty of. Like, I mean, I say I hate men, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's difficult mm-hmm. to understand that every single person is so complex and layered like mm. as we are ourselves and as our close mm. friends are and it, it you can like separate it still um so i mean i don't know what the solution is i'm just telling you my concerns uh but like it's mm. it's that i think starting small talking more generally about like all of the little things that could happen um that have bad impacts I don't I don't fucking know who knows I don't know make mm. them watch the show and read the books I guess I, I do think that shows films TV shows books mm. anything that's emotive um, that might come from something other than you know the big sister yeah. or the little sister that they view as like naggy or they view as like oh but that's that's like your point of view and you're just mm-hmm. saying that because if it comes from something else and if you push them to consume those things i think it definitely does help because they see that it's part of the wider world not just like mm. your little bubble of your family yeah. or your friends i did also want to say that i know we've we've mainly spoken about sexual assault in terms of like it happening to women but i i mm. it definitely also happens to men so i don't want it to like for any men who are listening or even women to just be aware that this isn't just an issue that affects us um i've had i've heard mm-hmm. stories that of really bad sexual assault stories happening to men and mm-hmm. actually i feel like i think that could be a topic that we cover later on because that that's even less spoken about um mm-hmm. and i know when i've been told stories by some of my guy friends and they laugh it off they're like mm-hmm. oh no it's fine and i'm like Mm, that definitely is not okay at all and I feel uncomfortable for you um, because I kind of thought of it if it had happened to me but yeah I just yeah I just wanted to say that it does equally happen to men I, would, I don't know about equally equally but, equally is the wrong word but it does happen but, yeah to men. I think and uh, the key defining um, terrible thing that makes it happen to everyone makes a lot of men not report things that happen is toxic masculinity and all of its shitness so that's the thing to constantly be addressing i guess which is different from just masculinity in general it's not about tearing down masculinity as a whole you know masculinity can be brilliant like as much as i hate the fact that i fancy men um (laughs) lots of masculine things can be great but yeah it's so easily toxic i think it's just making sure that everybody is talking to their friends about like when it is a toxic thing all right guys thank you so much for listening you can find us on apple Podcasts and spotify every wednesday just also to add we've been amping up our social media game and so uh for everyone seeing that appreciate it because it's a lot of hard work (laughs) that we've had to do you know and like go on to our instagram account and check out all the bits and maybe it will lead you on to other episode and also comment and talk to us because we want to talk to more people and engagement is definitely something that we need to get better at uh and if you feel like it leave a comment on apple Podcasts because i know you can do that on apple Podcasts and rate us because we want to know whether this is good or 
bad or and what we can improve on kind of thing so find us on instagram at rice's rice pod on twitter at rice's rice underscore pod and on youtube rice's rice and thank you charlotte for coming on <laughs> thank you also look out for the project that me and akina are gonna do because it's gonna be good <gasps> oh exclusive on rice's rice All right <laughs> so we're looking for women of color to send in mm-hmm. their stories and their pictures, if they're comfortable, um, to be a part of the project. We've got a lot of people at the moment, but specifically, we need more women of colour. So if you are listening and are interested in the project, you could just talk to me or Akina and we can tell you a little bit more about it. And just to clarify when she says pictures and when she says if you're comfortable with doing it, we do mean nudes. Mm. So like, um, <laughs> if you're comfortable with sharing your nudes, your faces don't have to be in it. Uh, you don't have to attach your name. And obviously we won't give out your name when you share your story mm. with us of a moment you've been through sexual assault or something that felt similar. Then yeah, definitely contact one of us. Because the, the point is sharing it with everyone so we can own it and we can start to talk about those rules in those blurred lines oh wait we forgot to say connor's thing oh okay so last time akina does it sexually so how yeah. does connor do it how connor's just grumpy there's some rise in your life <laughs> that was perfect perfect that's what you get when you live with him two years brilliant <laughs> bye bye <laughs>